0: you. Yeah.
1: And sweet light to all my elf friends I am Tani Tenuviel Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? It's nice to be back, I had a lovely, lovely summer And I hope that you did too, my gosh How it went by so quickly, even in elvish estimations Greetings and my govanin. Hello to all my friends who may be listening here in Orange County on the radio from 88.9 FM and streaming live on the internet through our website at kuci.org and through iTunes. The, this is the first show of the new quarter. We're starting a new quarter just this week right here at kuci So before I go any further, I would just like to say welcome to all the new shows that are here on KUCI. In fact, there's a wonderful show that's on just before mine. I'm so excited about it Um, called The Sound Circus and great music, engaging show hosts um, who My thanks to them for being the the middle-of-the-night people for the summer. And uh, I always seem to have the most fun music shows right before my show starts. And it always puts me in a great mood because... And then afterwards, Rachel Ray's cooking um, accident with the irrepressible Heather McCoy. Always something to look forward to. A mind-expanding experience. Who needs hallucinogenic drugs when you have Heather McCoy? That's what I say. <laughs> anyway, this is a, a brand new quarter of programming, so I would just like to let you know that in case you are looking for a show and can't find it, sometimes uh, shows get moved around to different time slots, uh, especially because we have a lot of students and they, their school schedules change and all that, as it should be. So please check out the, our schedule on our homepage at www.kuci.org and our public affairs website at kucitalk.org to find out about upcoming talk shows and the guests and information. And... Also, we'll talk about this a little more later, but there is a training in case you ever thought you might want to be involved with uh, radio, college radio. And if you are a student, faculty, or staff here at UCI, you might want to consider coming to our next DJ and talk show host training, which is going to be just next week. And I do believe that there is an announcement on our homepage about it. But it's going to be uh, Wednesday, October 9th. And I believe it starts at, I'm looking on our homepage right now. I'm sure it's up here somewhere. Anyway, it is October 9th. I believe it usually starts at 7 p.m. It's eight weeks long. They'll train you on everything you need to know, and maybe you might even be, they might be crazy enough to give you a show. And uh, you can join our wonderful community of over 100 volunteers. If you'd like information, you can send an email to training at KUCI.org. So, um, you may be wondering what this is all about. I am Tani Tanuvio, and I'm going to give you the The long version of the intro today, just in case you are tuning in for the very first time. Uh, This is KUCI in Irvine, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. I will be here at least for the next quarter, every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time and podcasts of the show are available generally right after the show or within a day or two on our website. Go to KCI.org, go to archives, scroll down to podcasts, and look for What Would Arwen Do? You can contact me, and I would love to hear from you, at askanelf, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F, at yahoo.com. So if you are tuning in for the very first time, you may be wondering what this show is all about. Well, if a Middle-Earth elf lived today in Southern California, what might her life look like? How would she, as a modern elf, celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And I think that is a very good question. But in this program, I like to ask, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen, you may be wondering? In J.R.R. Tolkien's mythology of Middle-earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves, and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light, a beloved daughter of the universe, as are all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth or an elvish Arda. I believe Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige, with great privilege comes responsibility. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. Now, I believe that this elven quality exists today in every living person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service to others. So I'm here to remind you of your birthright, that you are a beloved child of the universe with a great high calling, and also great gifts to share to enrich not only your own life, but the lives of those around you. So a welcome, Alinda Lee, our friends, Alin Salalomen Nomentielvo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. And so I have many things to cover today. Uh, some readings for you, some things to consider about um, our place in the world and some of the things that are going on locally. And, of course, I always like to share with you music, and the music you heard at the beginning of the show was the Academy Award-winning music of Howard Shore, who is also um, doing the music for all of the Hobbit movies. Last December we had the first Hobbit. This coming December, the next installment and in, I believe this one is The Desolation of Smog. We will be having three movies altogether. I've wa- seen one trailer and almost nothing else, only because I um, like no spoilers. (laughs) I like to just go and see the movie, and then, um, in fact, I haven't even really been reviewing the book that much, because to me, the movies and the books are two completely different art forms, two different tellings of the story that J.R.R. Tolkien brought to us. And he did not create, he did not feel that he had created these worlds, but rather that he had discovered them as a sub-creator. And we'll hear a little bit more about that topic a little later in the program. But I thought I would take a little musical break um, to play the Misty Mountains song, a short excerpt of it that was from the first trailer, just to kind of get you in the mood of Middle Earth. And then I will be back. This is KUCI in Irvine, Orange County's alternative radio station and here are the Hobbits singing
0: Far over the misty mountains cold to dungeons deep and caverns old the pines were In the night, the fire was red, it flamed and spread, the trees like torches blazed with
1: light. Yes, the music from the Lord of the Rings, well, I considered The Hobbit to be part of the Lord of the Rings movies, and I fell in love with the music that Howard Shore created for Middle Earth. In fact, it was probably one of the things that really got me hooked into the stories. And so, I love it. I hope you love it, too. You will be hearing some readings from the professor and about the professor and some of the music and as an elf I think that there's a lot of really great music out in the world today that would I would consider to be type of elf, elf inspired music um, the elves were the first minstrels of Middle Earth when I first started here at KUCI which is now over 8 years ago I would have had my 8 year anniversary June 22nd and when I first, my first quarter, I also hosted a music show called Hootenanny, which was all folk music, and because um, I think folk music is very elvish. As I said, the elves were the first minstrels, folk singers of Middle Earth, and that was a lot of fun. So a lot of times I'll share music with you that I just think is kind of elvish. In fact, the, um, the hosts of this sound circus and um, I will get their names straight one of these days, and hopefully, like, we'll all be getting each other's names straight. But sometimes it's kind of a challenge at the beginning. Um, yes, Melanie and Matt love that alliterative little thing. Melanie and Matt of the Sound Circus, the greatest show on earth, and they played this song "We Have Love" by Panama, and I'm like. <gasps> This is such an elvish song <laughs> so thanks Melanie and Matt and I hope that you if you' are listening will tune in to Melanie and Matt on um, next Tuesday from 1 to four p.m and let's find out here some more great music and engaging personalities so now we're going to come to the part of the show that I do sometimes adventure report of course it was a long summer a long wonderful summer and all kinds of wonderful things happening for the elf. Um, But I'm going to, I want to, well, let me start with one thing that, um, and if you've tuned in before, you know I'm a great promoter of KUCI. I, like I mentioned, I've been here eight years. Being involved with this community of volunteers and passionate people has changed my life on so many levels and enriched my life in so many ways. And one of the people is Barbara DeMarco, Barbara DeMarco Barrett, who's been doing a show much longer than I have, Writers on Writing on Wednesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. And um, I interned with her when I first started here, got to see firsthand uh, someone who's really great at doing interviews. And Barbara also is a writer. She teaches uh, creative writing through uh, the extension program here at UC Irvine. And she also has um, hosts these writer salons, which um, are at the Scape Gallery in Corona Del Mar. And they're usually about every month or every other month. And it's through her Pen on Fire speaker series. She has a book on creative writing, which is wonderful, called Pen on Fire. And uh, you can find out more about this at her website, penonfire.com or barbademarcobarrett.com. But in September, Ron Carlson, who is the director of the MFA in Writing program here at UCI, as well as an author of several books, including The Signal and Ron Carlson Writes a Story, he... um, Uh, We had got to have an evening with the author there at the beautiful Scape Gallery and um, meet him, and he signed some books, and we got to ask questions, and it was amazing, and... And he graciously consented to come on this show in early December. So that's something uh, you can be looking forward to. I'll have some more information up about that as we get closer to it. But he's going to come on, what would Arwen do, and share some tidbits about his uh, writing life. Uh, he also lived by the beach, so he, I think he has a bit of an elvish strain in him. He lives out in Huntington and likes to be by the ocean like we elves do. So that's Ron Carlson, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, the next Pen on Fire speaker is going to be Danny Shapiro, who's the author of Still Writing. And I think this has something to do with memoirs and stuff, and that also is going to be at the Scape Gallery on October 22nd. So again, if you're interested, go to uh, PenOnFire.com or Barbara com and look for the speaker series and you can get more information. I would sign up soon if you want to think about getting in. <laughs> uh, let's see, other things for this summer. My goodness, I had such a wonderful reading summer. I was reading a lot of C.S. Lewis's books. Um, my favorites, of course, are The Great Divorce, The Weight of Glory. I was reading a lot in God in the Dock, which I used to think, what does that mean, God in the Dock? Is he in the Dock? You know, because I always think of Otis Redding sitting on the Dock of the Bay. This is about God in the... Like, in, I guess in England, if you're in the court, you're in the dock. You're the defendant. And it's um, kind of interesting because he kind of says, you know, it used to be, you know, I mean, from the Christian perspective, we are the ones under examination, but now we've kind of put God as the one <laughs> under examination and having to hold up to our criteria. But anyway, I've had a wonderful time uh, spending time reading the works of C.S. Lewis. Of course, C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. R. Tolkien were contemporaries, part of the group of the Inklings, uh, um, which were men that got together and read, uh, talked, and shared their ideas and their work with each other. Were it not for that group, and I've read this in several places, we probably would not have the Lord of the Rings books, nor the um, works of C.S. Lewis of the Space Trilogy and possibly not Narnia, the Chronicles of Narnia, either. So, great uh, debt of gratitude to those men and their um, contribution to each other. Another thing this summer that was wonderful was the discovery of vampires and zombies. Now, of course, I already knew about vampires. I was... I tried to read the Twilight series once, and it just wasn't my thing. But I did like the first Twilight movie because my friend had told me about this one scene where Edward takes Bella. He's a vampire. She's immortal. He takes her, and she... um, And he runs through the trees, and he's, like, jumping from tree to tree to tree, and they're up in the top of the trees, and she can see the whole entire forest valley. And she says... um, this can't be real, this doesn't happen. And he says, it does in my world. And I'm like, yes, because as a Christian, <laughs> I believe that there is an a, a, another world coming that's even better than Home, and uh, where wonderful things like that can happen. The things that we get just a glimpse of when we see worlds like Pandora in Avatar, and read about in Perelandra by C.S. Lewis, and... Um, and perhaps even visit to some degree in the, when we go to see Niagara Falls or uh, swim in a waterfall in Hawaii. But anyway, there's a song called uh, "A Thousand Years that I love, and it's kind of a, song, a a spiritual song for me with regards to my love for Jesus. And I know that may sound really weird, but I love secular songs that I like to sing as devotional. But as I found that song on the Internet... And, and I read what it was about. It was actually written for Breaking Dawn. And um, so I was like, whoa, that, I didn't know that. <laughs> so I went back to the book, and uh, this, this time I stayed long enough to actually get engaged with it. And I loved the idea of vegetarian vampires. Now, of course, um, I am a vegetarian mortal, or elf, but I think we can make a choice. My genetic background actually would eat, does better eating meat. But I can't in good conscience eat meat any longer because, uh, not only because of the cruelty to the animals, but because of the effects of commercial farming on our planet and what it is doing to our planet for those who come after us, our children, our grandchildren, their grandchildren. And, um, and as well as the animals. So respect for human life as well as respect for animal life. So I love the idea of um, the Cullen family who need blood to survive. They would prefer to have human blood because that is the nature of van- vampires, but they choose not to kill human beings, <clears throat> but instead to have animal <clears throat> blood. Whereas I think we can make a similar choice... We don't need animal flesh to survive. Uh, we may like it, we may be conditioned for it, but we can nourish ourselves and very well by choosing non-cruelty sources. So. That's my little perspective. So anyway, I have been been enjoying, and then I discovered the um, Anne Rice. I got all involved in this interesting thing about transformation, because as Christians, we are looking forward to a transformation. I'm like, wow. So vampires, when you become a, a mortal, you become a vampire and you become immortal. And it's interesting because in in J.R.R. Tolkien's world, the elves are immortal, they are tied to the earth, so they don't die, they are tied to the earth, they stay, they live as long as the earth is around, whereas mortals actually die. And I thought, it's kind of interesting because it's actually opposite, because Christians are not tied to the earth and believe that we have an immortal life after this, so it's interesting that they become immortal, but really it's, they're really mortal. Because they can be destroyed, and the and the mortals are the immortals. I don't know something odd to think about, but <laughs> so um, I'm always um, wrestling with existential issues. Books, amazing books I found over the summer. In my little adventure report continues here. Veganist, which um, was really a great book for me to discover, and. Kind of galvanize myself again with regards to my conviction about um, being a vegetarian, hopefully at some point even being able to come become vegan because of the commercial dairy farms <clears throat> but i 'm slowly getting there and um, but this uh, Kathy Freston and she lives right here in. LA and has a wonderful book called Veganists Lose Weight Get Healthy Change the World and it's a very upbeat book not you know like beating us over the head or anything like that but she has some really very amazing statistics and things uh, to uh, take into consideration uh, here in her book Uh, little statistics even like if everyone went vegetarian for just one day listen to this The U.S. would save 100 billion gallons of water, enough to supply all the homes in New England for almost four months, 1.5 billion pounds of crops otherwise fed to livestock, enough to feed the state of Mexico for more than a year, 70 70 million gallons of gas, enough to fuel all the cars of Canada and Mexico combined, with plenty to spare, Three million acres of land, an area more than twice the size of Delaware. Delaware, And if you were vegetarian for just one day, U.S. would save 33 tons of antibiotics. Another little... And these are um, sources uh, from the United Nations, the World Bank and Calculations of No More, a physicist at Polytechnic University. um, Says also that... The former Amazon rainforest converted to raising animals for food since 1970 amounts to more than ninety-nine zero percent of all Amazon deforestation since 1970. Quote, livestock now account for about 20% of the total terrestrial animal biomass and the 30% of the Earth's land surface that they now preempt was once habitat for wildlife. Just a couple of little things, a couple of little reasons that you might want to consider no longer eating meat or animal products. So that was great. I got another great book called Animals Matter. So I'm hoping to maybe have a couple of these authors on uh, in the next few weeks. It's not too late to think about Thanksgiving coming up and choosing to have a vegetarian Thanksgiving. You can find out great information about that through the Adopt-a-Turkey program through farmsanctuary.com. And then uh, another just little thing I wanted to mention is, of course, as an elf, I love the the languages of Middle-earth. Quenya being the the oldest language of the elves. And there's a website called Quenya101.com. This guy has actually translated the Aino which is J.R.R. Tolkien's creation story, into Quenya. And there are sound files. And right now, there's a blog, and he's going over the 10 best Lord of the Rings games. And now he's on number four, which he's giving the bronze medal to. But uh, you can uh, find out more about that on their website. I'm hoping to have, um, I think his name is Irutana on um, sometime this quarter. Again, quinya, Q-U-E-N-Y-A 101.com. And of course, my favorite elvish saying, elen Salalumin nomen elvo, is quinya. And you can learn, you can even get your name translated into quinya. You can find out what you want to get it you want to get a tattoo in Elvish. Very fun things. So again the Hobbit movie coming in December. Um, there probably are new trailers, but I haven't seen them, so I'm because I'm avoiding spoilers. But uh, we of course are celebrating uh, the wonderful visual story of the Hobbit that will be coming to theaters in December. So with that, I'm going to play again for you the little Misty Mountain Song, and I'll be back in a few moments. This is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. The views and opinions expressed here are those of the elf host, and do not necessarily res- do not <laughs> represent KUCI, UCI, or the UC Board of Regents.
0: Far over the misty mountains, cold. Dungeons deep and caverns old, the pines were roaring on the high, the winds were moaning The fire was red, it flames spread, the trees like torches blazed
1: with light. This is KCI in Irvine, I am Tani Tenuviel, and this is What Would Arwen Do? So excited to be back. Again, if you are tuning in to KUCI and looking for your favorite shows or tuning in at your favorite show's time and not finding it, please check our schedule. We are starting a new quarter of programming, and so some of uh, the shows may have shifted around a little bit. There are new shows or maybe some that are gone for a while. Um, but please check out our website at www.. KUCI.org and you can also find out wonderful information uh, on our website about bands that may be coming up, ticket giveaways, um, upcoming uh, performances. Um, there's a Hollow Ran, an instrumental post-rock math rock is going to be on tomorrow from 8 to 10 p.m. So what about that? And then there's always ticket giveaways and Just all kinds of interesting information going on. And our DJ training, which is coming up a week from Wednesday. You can find out more information at training at KUCI.org. So I'm going to move to... I thought today I'd have a little little segment called A Spot of Theology. (laughs) Um, Partly because... Okay... I hope I don't do anything funny here, because there's a little bit of space and lots of things to uh, move around to get my books here and my things in order. So, I wanted to share with you today um, from a little bit from C.S. Lewis. Of course, um, C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien were Christians. C.S. Lewis, um, an Anglican. J.R. Tolkien, a Roman Catholic. And uh, C.S. Lewis was an atheist, Um, And before, he became convinced of the truth of Christianity, that it was the myth that became fact. Before that, he thought all myths, including the Christian myth, was just simply lies. (laughs) Lies breathed through silver, as he said. So, uh, but C.S. Lewis became quite a great apologist, a defender of the Christian faith, Uh, One of his best-known books, of course, The um, Mere Christianity, which strips away all of the stuff of denominations, and Jesus said this, you know, and and what Jesus wants you to do, and what this denomination says, and that denomination says, and just gives you the bare, the mere Christianity, and I love it. And I love a lot of his work, including his fictional works, The Beautiful uh, Worlds of Narnia and of his space trilogy, my favorite being Paralendra, A World Before the Fall. So I wanted to read to you first. I'm hoping that I did this at home and I thought it all flowed together, but I wanted to share with you a reading from his, from this book, C.S. Lewis, Readings for Meditation and Reflection, edited by Walter Hooper. And of course, one of the great themes here um, on the show is of hope and... In fact, let me share with you my very favorite quote from the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, when between Lord Elrond and Arwen.
0: Why do you linger here when there is no hope?
1: There is still hope. Indeed, there is still hope. And so this is a, an excerpt from Mere Christianity, and the title of it is called Hope by C.S. Lewis. Most of us find it very difficult to want heaven at all, except insofar as heaven means meeting again our friends who have died. One reason for this difficulty is that we have not been trained. Our whole education tends to fix our minds on this world. Another reason is that when the real want for heaven is present in us, we do not recognize it. Most people if they had really learned to look into their own hearts, would know that they do want, and want acutely, something that cannot be had in this world. There are all sorts of things in this world that offer to give it to you, but they never quite keep their promise. The longings which arise in us when we first fall in love, or think of some foreign country, or first take up some subject that excites us, are longings which no marriage, no travel, no learning can really satisfy. I am not now speaking of what would be ordinarily called unsuccessful mar- marriages, or holidays, or learned careers. I am speaking of the best possible ones. There was something we grasped at in that first moment of longing, which just fades away in the reality. I think everyone knows what I mean. The wife may be a good wife, and the hotels and scenery may have been excellent, and chemistry may be a very interesting job, but something has evaded us. Now there are two wrong ways of dealing with this fact, and one right one. First, the fool's way. He puts the blame on the things themselves. He goes on all his life thinking that if only he tried another woman, or went for a more expensive holiday, or whatever it is, then this time he really would catch the mysterious something that we are all after. Second, the way of the disillusioned, sensible man. He soon decides that the whole thing was moonshine. Of course, he says, One feels like that when one's young, but by the time you get to my age, you've given up chasing the rainbow's end. And so he settles down and learns not to expect too much, and represses the part of himself which used, as he would say, to cry for the moon. The Christian way, the Christian says, no, and then third, the Christian way, the Christian says, quote, creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. A baby feels hunger? Well, there is such a thing as food. A duckling wants to swim? Well, there is such a thing as water. Men feel sexual desire? Well, there is such a thing as sex. If I find myself in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, that does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably earthly pre- pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. If that is so, I must take care, on the one hand, never to despise or to be unthankful for these earthly blessings, and on the other, never to mistake them for the something else Else of which they are only a kind of copy or echo or mirage. I must keep alive in myself the desire for my true country, which I shall not find till after death. I must never let it get snowed under or turned aside. I must make it the main object of life to press on to that other country and to help others to do the same. And I love this because it reminds me of what J.R.R. R. Tolkien himself talked about The elves, in a letter that he wrote in 1950, even before the publication of The Lord of the Rings, where he talks about the elves, the doom of the elves is to be immortal, to love the beauty of the world, to bring it to full flower with their gifts of delicacy and perfection, to last while it lasts, never leaving it even when slain, but returning. And yet when the followers come to teach them and make way for them to fade as the followers grow and absorb the life from which both proceed. So isn't that what we all kind of see our lives as we get older and older? I've been here uh, over six decades now, and um been around on this planet long enough <laughs> sometimes. I mean I've just I've had a wonderful life. But there are so many young people coming up, and their lives are still so full of all the promise of families and children and careers. And, uh, and so we do. We do look forward. And hopefully that this is, that the next step is a transition time. Um, One of the things I discovered this summer was a delightful book by Ralph C. Wood, and I'm hoping to have him on the program in the fall. We'll see. It's called The Gospel According to Tolkien, Visions of the Kingdom of Middle-Earth. He says, we must make, therefore, so um, the first reading we had was from C.S. Lewis. He says, we must make clear, therefore, that unlike his friend C.S. Lewis, Tolkien is no sort of evangelist. Tolkien the Catholic is confident that the sacramental and missional life of the church will convey the gospel to the world without the assistance of his own art. He wants his epic fantasy to stand on its own as a compelling and convincing story without any adventitious props. Yet it is not apologetics alone that Tolkien seeks to avoid. He is also careful to describe his art as, quote, sub-creation, in order to differentiate it from any sort of illusion, as if it were something entirely invented and thus untrue. Tolkien taught that all human making is a reforming and reordering, for better and worse, for good and ill, of the primary world that God himself creates. Thus does he call his complex fictive world a sub-creation. It is a secondary world of fairy, a realm of wonder and enchantment. It has nothing to do with the fairies that Walt Disney reduced to harmless creatures flitting about buttercups. In the elven language called Quenya, fairy means spirit, for fairies or elves embody the living spirit of all created things. The essence of fairy stories is that they satisfy our heart's deepest Desire. To know a world other than our own, a world that has been not been flattened and shrunk and emptied of mystery. And that from the Gospel According to Tolkien by Ralph Seawood. And then of course we must hear from the professor himself. And so I've chosen a little selection and then we're going to hear the professor himself with the Quinya version of the Farewell to Lothlorien, which is the Song of Galadriel, and this will be in the professor's own voice. This is from the audio collection. Um, But I'm going to be reading from the appendix in The Lord of the Rings, which is the um, Appendix A, which has the story of Aragorn and Arwen. And J.R.R. R. Tolkien himself called the story of Aragorn and Arwen the highest love story. The highest love story of the Lord of the Rings. And this is where Aragorn has told Arwen that it is time for him to basically to die, to pass on the crown to his son um, Eldarion and uh, go to the house of the kings he says Lady Andomiel said Aragorn the hour is indeed hard yet it was made even in that day when we met under the white birches in the garden of Elrond where none now walk and on the hill of Ceren Amroth when we forsook both the shadow and the twilight this doom we accepted take counsel with yourself beloved and ask whether you would indeed have me wait until I wither and fall from my high seat, unmanned and witless. Nay, lady, I am the last of the Numenorians and the latest king of the elder days, and to me has been given not only a span thrice that of men of Middle-earth, but also the grace to go at my will and give back the gift. Therefore now I will sleep. I speak no comfort to you, for there is no comfort for such pain within the circles of the world. The uttermost choice is before you, to repent and go to the havens and be- bear away into the west the memory of our days together, yet that shall be there evergreen, but never more than memory, or else to abide the doom of men. Nay, dear Lord, she said that choice is long over. There is now no ship. That would bear me hence, and I must indeed abide the doom of men, whether I will or I nil, the loss and the silence. But I say to you, king of the Numenorians, not till now have I understood the tale of your people and their fall. As wicked fools I scorn them, but I pity them at last, for if this is indeed, as the Eldar say, the gift of the one to men, it is bitter to receive. So it seems, he said. But let us not be overthrown at the final test, who of old renounced the shadow and the ring. In sorrow we must go, but not in despair. Behold, we are not bound forever to the circles of the world, and beyond them is more than memory. Farewell. From the Lord of the
0: Rings Jeni un notime bevra mar aron jei viti juul darvanier pella oro mardi lissimu voreva andu ne pelda vado telldo ma o mario si manni julma ninnen koantuva ansitin talle vardo losseo. Le mari Maria che ortane, ar il tier rundu lungule, lumbule a allo kaita modnie falmalin narin bemet ar hisie un tupa cala si vanana ana vanno valimar namarie nayiru valje valimar Na jel ji hiruba, na mari.
1: This song, Star," from the soundtrack of The Two Towers. This is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. I'm Tani Tanuvial. This is What Would Irwin Do? And a couple more announcements about local things going on. Before 5 o'clock, we'll be having the Blue and Gold Report. I hope you'll stay tuned for that. For interviews and news about uh, the athletic events here at UC Irvine. And then coming up at 6 p.m., the irrepressible Heather McCoy with Rachel Ray's cooking accident, something not to be missed. I can't wait to see her. I haven't seen her in so long. I'm oh, I her a couple of times over the summer. But so some local events, little things. Um, again, want to remind you about the DJ training. If you are a student here at UCI or faculty or staff, you are eligible to come and check it out. Um, you might even just come to the first uh, meeting and find out whether getting involved with KUCI, Orange County's alternative radio station, uh, is something you would like to do. We have very unique public affairs programming in case you might want to do a talk show. Music, we do not play any mainstream music here. So if you want to come and play, you know, U2 or Britney Spears, not going to happen. Because we are passionate about all of the great bands and musicians and songwriters that are out there making great music that you don't get to hear on those prefab mainstream stations. So we have so many kinds of music here. Please check out our website at KUCI.org. Everything from funk and hip-hop and indie and Zydeco and electronic and jazz and experimental and goth and How Delicious. Um, Sunday nights, there's an interview on our homepage with DJ Wanda, who is the host of How Delicious. And she's on every Sunday night from 8 to 10 p.m., a wonderful, just a big bunch of fun on that country music show that she has. And an interview about her right on the homepage of KUCI.org. And if you come and take the training, who knows? You might be interviewed with your cute little face right there on the homepage of KUCI and uh, to talk to people about your show. So, um, Please take a moment to check out the interview with DJ Wanda, and hopefully you'll, li- hopefully you'll listen to her show Sunday nights, lots of fun, right after trash uh, Gogo Go-Go uh, with uh, Wes. <laughs> Let's see, what else? Oh, I wanted to tell you about something that's going on right here locally at um, Oasis, the Senior Center. I know that sounds, you know, um, but Arwen... Thousands of years old would have enjoyed things at the Senior Center. They are having a Friends Annual Boutique and Rummage Sale this coming Friday, October 4th and Saturday, October 5th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. All kinds of, um, let's see, appliances, furniture, linens, jewelry, collectibles, antiques, purses, notions, computers, office supplies, arts and crafts. Pictures and Picture Frames, the, this is to raise money for <clears throat> the Senior uh, Center and their programs. It's a really wonderful boutique and rummage sale, and that's going to be at the um, Friends of Oasis 801 Narcissus Avenue, Corona del Mar, 92625. And they also are still taking donations through tomorrow if you have some furniture or appliances or jewelry or anything that you would like to donate. Their phone number is 949 644 3244. Again, 949 644 I'm sorry, 3244. Or you can find their, them on the web at www.newportbeachca.gov forward slash oasis they've got wonderful programs and things for all ages. The Oasis, the senior center, isn't just for seniors. A lot of their classes and programs, you can be any age to sign up. Uh, They've got uh, a class on writing your life story. Let's see. I have some things. to think that I, um, Oh, on movement. There's a wonderful class, uh, a fitness class uh, called healthy back. The instructor is Darcia Dexter. I know Darcia. She's a, um, an amazing Feldenkrais teacher. Um, and I knew her from a yoga studio that we both taught at when I was uh, teaching yoga. And she just has a wonderful energy, great things for helping you to get a, um, improve your back and get a better back, get, and improve your brain-body connection. And there's, um, let's see, they have, oh, Come and play the fastest-growing sport in America. I bet you didn't know that pickleball is the fastest-growing sport in America. Pickleball is a racket sport which combines elements of tennis, badminton, and table tennis. And it's for all ages and skill levels, and uh very minimal little amount to pay. And if you are interested, you can, it's in the gym, You. it's going to the phone number is 949-270-8100, or again, you can call Oasis Senior Center. They also have techni- technology tutoring. How wonderful is this? The Oasis Center is having, um, has high school students that are volunteering their time to come over and assist you. It says, have questions about Google, email, or Facebook? Want to learn more about surfing the web? Need a question answered about your computer? Like to know what your cell phone can really do? High school students are available to assist. So they are half hour to uh, half hour one-on-one sessions and this is by appointment only 949-644-3244. So just all kinds of wonderful things going on over at the Oasis Senior Center and if you would like to support their programs as well, you can donate still for their annual boutique and rummage sale. Or you can go and attend and buy some wonderful things at the Rummage Sale, which is this coming Friday, October 4th and Saturday, October 5th, at the Oasis Center, 801 Narcissus Avenue, right down here in Corona Del Mar. So if your students maybe you want to carpool over there and get some groovy things for your dorm rooms. We are at the end of our time. Uh, thank you so much and a special hello and thank you and greeting to all my friends who have listened and the people who love me and support me. It's been an interesting couple of years. And uh, what would we do without our friends, family, and loved ones to help us through the dark times of our soul? So I hope you will have a great week. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a little music, um, but I hope You will have a fantastic week. I hope you'll remember to do some good. Be kind to yourself as well as to others. Honor the creatures and the trees we share the planet with. Be open to an adventure. And remember what Galadriel said. And I will play that for you, a good thing to remember. Even the smallest person can change the course of the future. Yes. What she told Frodo, even the smallest person can change the course of the future. And here I'm going to play a little bit of Into the West, sung by my friend Coco Baran, uh, Colette Aubrey. Yes, and of course we can't play, we don't play, the Academy Award-winning version by Annie Lennox. She's getting plenty of airtime, but I hope you'll enjoy this. And please stay tuned for the Blue and Gold Report. This is KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of the universe.